you're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own lives for the life and stories of black women who drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of the Return of the Max series of She's Got Drive. I am back. I am back. And this week I am back with an interview. So, and and this woman, you are going to love because we have such a fantastic um, conversation. I'm excited that my guest this week is the Wine Return guest. Um, I had the pleasure of interviewing her actually last summer before I was I was off sick. So it's just perfect that she's the person that we're returning with. Before I share with you who she is and we get into the interview, I'd love you to, if you are an avid listener or if you're a new listener and you're enjoying She's Got Drive and you get value out of it, I would love you to do two things. The first thing I'd love you to do is to head over to iTunes and rate and review She's got drive and share what you get from it and what you take away and why you're a listener um, to She's Got Drive because it really matters to the growth of the podcast. And I'm committed to really, really significantly growing the podcast and the podcast platform this year. The second thing is, it, which would help as well, is help the podcast, but more importantly, help people in your lives. If you know there is someone in your life who would really benefit from listening to the She's Got Drive episodes, then please just click the share link in your podcast app and um, share it with someone, whether you're listening on Spotify or whether you're listening on iTunes app, like wherever you listen. Just right now, go into your phone, go into your device and share the show with at least one other um, woman in your life who's like, yeah, that woman's got drive and or that woman wants to have drive or wants to be inspired each week. So please share the show as we speak or as I speak, as you listen. Before, um, again, we go to the interviews, I want to remind you that I am doing my, my gratitude journal giveaway. And so my gratitude journal is 30 days of gratitude, making every day count and um, which I sell on Amazon and I am doing giveaways. So if you go into the show notes, click the link and enter your details to um, to take part in the giveaway um, for the gratitude journal. And the other way is if you go to my Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram and you go on Linktree, there'll be a link there for you to click to for the giveaway. On the 1st of April, I will start doing um, on Instagram 30 Days of Gratitude each morning I invite you to get hold of a copy uh, through the giveaway or get hold of a copy you can go to amazon.com the link is in the show notes as well to buy a copy I'm getting such lovely feedback around it it's producing really great results for people and because it's there is a transformative effect when we have a a gratitude practice and we're going to start that all together on the 1st of April let me tell you about my guest so Renee Blewett is my guest this week. Yes, she is. And so she is a New Yorker. She's a New York film, New York based filmmaker, um, digital content creator and branding expert who serves as an advocate for black women's accurate representation in media. Let me just say that accurate representation in media. She's got over a decade's worth of experience and that has gained 
valuable insight into black women entrepreneurs narratives and is passionate right so passionate that she created a film that some of you absolutely may have seen because she did that which um, premiered at the Essence Music Festival and is streaming on Netflix in the US, in Canada, in the UK, in Ireland, in Africa, New Zealand and Australia. It's a phenomenal film. If you haven't seen it, you, you just like create some time, but you're going to want to watch it after this. And if you have seen it before, will you watch it? I've watched it more than once. I think what's wonderful about the film offers an up close and personal look at black women entrepreneurs, addresses the, the subjects around like things like the funding gap for women of color and is the first film to ever be screened at J.P. Morgan Chase um, branch location. In this interview, we find out how she got started as well around her blog. She was like one of the first bloggers, like, you know, early bloggers back in the day before blogs were blogs like that she was blogging a long time ago we talk about that we talk about obviously the funding gap we we talk about representation of black women and I think what I, what I love about this interview is just her real passion and love of black women and entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship is the pathway to freedom is what she says entrepreneurship is the pathway to freedom and so I give you Renee well thank you so much for making the time to do this interview I appreciate it so much no thank you for reaching out your film was everywhere and I re-watched it this weekend as well just to have it fresh it looks like it was a big labor of love yes um, it was it was it's it's definitely the entire journey has been a blessing and it just really speaks to the power of black women you know I can't take credit for where the film has landed and how it's been received. I think it's a reflection of our influence, you know? Right. And our thirst as well. I think it's a, a, as well the thirst for wanting to hear the stories and wanting to to see how women are achieving, you know, because we need, we need to see that. We need, absolutely need to see that. So, But before we go any further, can you um, share with um, the She's Got Drive audience you know, who you are and what you do broadly, because you're more than your film, and how you came to, to do what you're doing. Um, I'm Renee Blewett. I am uh, the creator and executive producer of She Did That. I am based in Brooklyn, New York. And I think the best way to really summarize my work and my career and my passions is that I'm a storyteller. I started my career doing PR, I guess once I started getting some experience, a lot of, of the work that I was doing, I was actually based there in Chicago. Um, I moved here from Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I worked at Burrell Communications oh, there. Oh, I know the Burrells. You know, as you know, they specialize in the African-American community. Mm -hmm. So I started my career early focusing on PR initiatives that were targeting the African-American community. And once I got my feet wet in that space, I said to myself, like, this is it. Like, I want to commit my career to doing work that is supporting and centering the Black community. It just felt so good. Did that for some years. And then I decided that I was ready to be a smaller fish in a big pond. So I moved to New York. I moved here actually to work for Lifetime Television, but I was there for about a year or so and realized that I wanted to get back to PR that's focusing on the Black community. Mm -hmm. 
once that client roster started growing with brands that I was really excited to promote and share with the world and help to scale, I took the leap and I started my own PR consultancy, Crush Media. With that, I was specializing in Black women-owned businesses. It kind of happened by default, but a lot of my clients were either brands that were targeting Black women and wanting to reach us Mm -hmm. or brands that were created by Black women. Um, So a year after my PR consultancy that was around the time that the economy kind of crashed, like 2008, nine. And that is what inspired me to create my blog in her shoes. You know, an 11 year ongoing love letter to black women, specifically black women entrepreneurs. Given black women is the fastest growing number of entrepreneurs yes. um, in the US, your PR agency focuses on black women. Yes. Um, I obviously attract, I hear that attracting black women as consumers, but also like supporting black women business owners. Have you seen an increase in your, the desire for your work, you know, head on the same trajectory as the growth of black women um, entrepreneurship? So it's interesting because when I started my consultancy, that was not the case. And if it was the case back then, I didn't know it. It, I I feel like it wasn't until over the last few years that I started seeing more stats on how we're leading in entrepreneurship in this country. I guess the parallel between that and I guess the increased need for my services doing PR, there has been an, an increase maybe about a year or so, maybe a year and a half almost into working on the documentary I decided to um, put a pause on my PR business to focus solely on producing the film, nurturing it, you know, and everything that comes with that. So I am not like actively doing PR right now. Um, I work with brands kind of on a project to project basis Mm -hmm. here and there. Um, But my primary focus right now is the film and then, you know, just the work that comes around that. When I launched the blog in 2009, there were no other places that I know of on the blogosphere that were solely committed to telling the stories of Black women entrepreneurs. I specifically only told our stories, and that didn't exist then. I think now we're in a space where entrepreneurship is a larger conversation. Black women are a larger conversation. But I thank God all the time for planting that seed in my mind. Right. Or it became a trend. You're an early blogger doctor. I mean, you're like ahead of the curve. One of the OGs, I guess. I mean, definitely (laughs) not one of the first, but the blogosphere was relatively new back then. You know, most blogs were either focused on fashion or beauty. You know, talking about entrepreneurship wasn't as sexy in 2009. But to me, it was, um, you know, every successful business is about filling a void. And for me, it was about just filling that void because I've always just been in in awe of what women are able to create, what black women have been able to create with very few resources. But I didn't see enough of our stories, not everyday women. Like you would see people who are already really hugely, you know, popular or successful, or maybe they're aligned with a celebrity or they were a celebrity, 
But back then, you just weren't seeing everyday women's stories in that space. And so that's what I wanted to create. For Black women, you know, I guess from the outside looking in, you know, entrepreneurship and us building these brands and what you see on social media may look like it's just for that particular woman or her audience. But really, you know, when we build brands, when we are able to create opportunities to hire people Mm -hmm. in our community, to be an example to younger people in our community, like it's so much bigger than us. You know, there are stats that even say that, you know, communities that have black businesses in them have a lower rate of crime, you know, in that community. The work that we're doing is it's much bigger than, you know, just building a brand. We're building legacies. We're creating opportunities for our community. You know, it's empowerment, you know, even in this space that we're in now in this country, you know, for me, and I understand entrepreneurship is not for everyone, but for a lot of us, it is the pathway to freedom because we're able to just create so many more resources within our community will empower us and just give us more leverage. You know, when you think about the buying power, yeah, we have $1.3 trillion of buying power, but so much of it goes outside Outside of the community. Exactly. And so if we even took a fraction of that and just poured it back into our communities, you know, it would impact us on, on every level level from, you know, mental wellness to wealth, to, you know, health, like, everything is going to be touched by that. And so to me, the goal is bigger than, you know, what new lipsticks can we create? It's like, how can we really pour back into our communities to leverage our power? I really feel like that's part of the new level of awakening for the black community in this moment. Whilst there's all this other work to do inside of existing organizations for those who work in corporate, in the corporations or various organizations and across society, how we're going to um, move forward is increasing our own economic power as black yes. black people, and that that comes through our, our being business owners. And and mm-hmm. given the the um, speed at which black women are going going into entrepreneurship, the next question, as you said, with the vision for which is much bigger than them. The next question is, how do you make sure that they their businesses are successful? How do we make sure that they're getting enough investment for those that need big investment? Not every, not every business has high um, high startup costs, you know, as well. So, but how do we make sure that they get sufficient investment? And how do we make sure that they have the tools and the knowledge to build a successful business over time that's sustainable? And what are we doing collectively in collective communities in order to facilitate that happening? Because there's also the, the stat that says that what they're able to generate annually, it, it suggests that we need to do some more work around um, how, to, how to have businesses be sustainable and generate more money in those businesses. So I'm, I'm so excited that you speak about this because I really feel like that's our... If there's a way out, that's one of our ways out. And, and as you say, yeah. keeping the money circling in our own community before it leaves. Right. Like there are these impressive stats, but then there's the other side of it, which is the sustainability, which is, 
you know, the number, the realities of us as black women getting funding. So, and and I'm sure you already know these stats, but I'll share it for your listeners. So in terms of VC funding, women, you know, of all races, um, only get 2% of that funding. It's a male dominated space. And those are the people who benefit from VC funding. They're getting 98%. Women are getting 2%. So ridiculous. Yeah. And then when you look at black women, we're literally getting less than 1%. Mm -hmm. So we are getting the crumbs. So, you know, a couple things on a positive note. And it's only 26. I think there's only 26 women in the country who've able to get over a million dollars, black women. Yes. And they know each other, of course, because there's only 26 of them. So exactly. (laughs) And so those are some really Mm -hmm. sobering and Mm -hmm. um, mind blowing stats which speaks to our greatness and our innovation and our ability to turn water into wine. But it also reveals the bigger problem in this country, which is why are black women owned businesses not being looked at as viable investment? Um, And so there are a lot of things that go into that, but I, I, especially in this time that we're in now, I am enjoying and I'm, grateful and happy to see so many of us coming together mm-hmm. to not look for, we're not looking for anyone to save us because exactly. that's happened so i'm seeing more initiatives where we're taking control of our destinies not only by building these businesses but creating funding opportunities for ourselves right our communities you know and then, then we've also got work to do in terms of i think about the black banks and yes. uh, you know, are we, are where are we put in our dollars as well? When, when we go for a business bank account, where are we going? Um, and are we, are we building up our black banks as well? You know, so this, so I think that's part of the way if we look at all aspects of our life and how we operate and, mm-hmm. and how we come together and, and models and communities that we could, look at and say how are they how have they done it you know and how can we be doing it um as we see in the same in the same research we look at the jewish community whether i think the dollar circulates 18 times before it leaves literally as you were saying that i was just visualizing their community here in brooklyn um you know they I live in Bed-Stuy, but mm-hmm. if the neighboring area is Williamsburg, and that is literally their community, and all the businesses are run by them, all the property is owned by them, you know, and they really insulate their dollars, and mm-hmm. I just wish that we could use that as a model yeah, for definitely. what's possible in our community, because we would be, I mean, we're unstoppable, but we would really be unstoppable. I think that entrepreneurship is the path to freedom for a lot of us. We also need uh, black women and men in roles of authority um, in corporate America to support projects like this. Like, you know, they're able to take those corporate dollars and pour it back into things that are empowering the community. They are also bringing to the table things that their white counterparts would never even know about, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So we need each other on both sides of the table. And that's the long story short. What did you discover about yourself on the journey to making She Did That? (laughs) I discovered, A, everything happens the way it's supposed to. 
And B, more than likely, things are not going to unfold as you strategically plan. <laughs> However, what does unfold and, and the ways that, you know, things do happen are better than you could ever imagine. You know, like throughout the production process, you know, when it felt like things were falling apart, they were really coming together. You know, situations from, and I'm putting this in air quotes, lost footage, you know, which resulted in us having to film a couple of women again, right. which was, you know, for me as the executive producer and, you know, the face of the project and the one with the relationships, it kind of felt um, like, oh gosh, we have to go back and ask for more of their time right. to have a conversation again. But when I look back at those second conversations, they were so much more powerful than the first. Better content to pull the story together. So we can't stress over the things we can't control. We can only focus our energy on those things that we have control over. The you only know, thing we can control is our reaction and our, or our response to what's happening. Absolutely. You know, we plan, we plan, we plan, and you be intentional and we, we do everything that we know to do. Exactly. And so that was, I would say that that, that was one of the biggest lessons for me. The project was also a reminder of if you think your budget is this, like you may as well just triple that because (laughs) always going to be unexpected expenses, you know. And so, you know, there are a lot of tough lessons on this journey as a new filmmaker. I, I can't lie and say that this was easy. It was easily one of the hardest things I've done in my career, in my life, you know, to take on such a huge task. You know, all I really had was the vision for how I wanted these stories to be told, you know, and that creative direction. But in terms of the technical pieces of it, you know, from which cameras, which lighting, you know, I had to rely on my team. And so that was also a lesson for me that, you're not always going to be the expert and it's okay, you know, and asking for help actually makes you powerful because you know what your strengths are, you know, what your weaknesses are. And so it also elevates your leadership, doesn't it? In terms of your ability to hold a whole space without, without knowing the detail and how to motivate, engage, move things along, keep things moving, empower people, yeah. Um, whilst they and and really allowing them to be be their best selves in that space with their you know bringing out their own talent kind of talent and artistry and you knowing that you don't you don't always have to know you just have to trust and so mm-hmm. what leadership as as adaptable leaders it as servant leadership you know it's all kind of different types of leading that allows you to step into when you don't when you're when you're only leading in an area that's that you're an expert in, because you lean on your expertise much more in those spaces. So, yeah. So see what. But what would you think about the life, your life lessons that you carry with you from your upbringing, um, from your from your parents? What would you say those life lessons are? You know, as you mentioned, you saw my dad in the film. He's you know American. He is an entrepreneur too, um, along with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't mention the film. My mother is you know a huge force in my life. She's from Trinidad, so mm-hmm. I think that between the both of them, between both of my parents, you know. The biggest lesson that I got is just the importance of excellence in everything we right. do. 
you know, and just understanding that as a black person in this country, and especially as a woman, you know, we have to work three times harder to get a fraction of what our counterparts have access to. But, you know, in terms of entrepreneurship, the one thing that I'm really grateful for is being exposed to it at a young age Mm -hmm. and knowing early in my life that, you know, one, it's not glamorous. There are good days and there are bad days. You know, there are some Christmases when we were growing up where the, you know, under the tree was overflowing with gifts. And there were some Christmases where it was like, you won't have a lot of gifts this year. You know, like this is where we are, you know, in the family business and just understanding the ebbs and flows of it all. Right. Um, And knowing that even with those um, ups and downs that, you know, when I look at what my dad does and what my grandfather did, they were community pillars. And a lot of their work was about being of service to the community and the families they serve. So I think that, you know, while, and we talk about this in the film, while my dad would have loved for me to take over the family business and continue the legacy in the, in the mortuary science space, there is, the similarity that we have in that our work is really about being of service to our community. Um, We actually talked about that recently. He was like, um, you are continuing the family legacy. You are an entrepreneur, but you're also broadening the reach, you know, of, of what our family is capable of because of the work you're doing. It kind of gives me goosebumps when I think about what you've done and you don't even know the, the full reach of what you've done. You don't even know, like, as someone sitting, like, I'm, like, someone sitting watching, like, a, like I could be sitting watching and then I could have a ch- your, my son or my daughter can walk in and then yeah. catch a snippet and then that's yeah. something, land. So you, that's like, the ripple effect is so huge that you have no idea the contribution that you, you are being in this moment. I just thank God for using me, you know, in this way, you know, and, and the, the reach of the film, you know, I get a lot of people that DM me and say, I watched it with my daughters or I watched it and you've inspired me to move on this idea that I've had, that I've been sitting on. So what's next for you? I mean, I know you are still here and you've still Mm -hmm. got some lots of work and there's lots of stuff that can emerge out of the work that you've done with the film, but what's, what's, what's calling you? So what's next is planting the seeds right now for the next project. While this pandemic has, you know, slowed down the the development of the next project, it's also provided some inspiration. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm planting seeds for the next project. Like I know that there is an appetite for more. I mean, I get texts and DMs and emails all day from different people from around the world saying like, we want, we want more. Mm -hmm. And as you know, like women, black women will never stop creating and innovating and shining the way we are, you know, no matter what is happening in the world, we are resilient beyond belief. So, and in fact, it's the, I mean, our resiliency and our creativity is born out of the challenges that we face. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? And that's the, I think that's, you know, just some of what's our superpower really is that, you know, give us a challenge and we're like, okay, now yeah. how, how do we get around, get over, get in, get through, 
and we yeah. are coming up with something that is remarkable in the face Absolutely. of the circumstances. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I always think about what if we didn't have those obstacles, what might be possible? You know, like, because if you think of what's possible inside of the space of all the obstacles that are there. Um, yeah, I would love to see black women be able to, you know, do what we do minus the struggle mm-hmm. piece. You know, that's my wish for us. And without the struggle in all aspects of our lives, you know, professionally, personally, you know, we deserve that. (laughs) We absolutely deserve that. But to your point, we um, we thrive, you know, uh, in those conditions. I think just as a people, that's what we've been conditioned to do that's you know mm-hmm. we came mm-hmm. here under the most undesirable conditions mm-hmm. and we created you know we've created a lot we've built this country basically so um to answer your question that is what's next um you know planting the seeds for the next project and just right now you know with the state of the world and so many things being uncertain mm-hmm. i am just um asking god to guide my steps you know, and just taking it day by day. Right. I'm, I'm, although I'm so enjoying <laughs> talking yeah, to you. Great you conversation. Know, yeah, and I'm really um, excited about whatever's coming next for you. And because whatever's coming next for you is whatever's coming next for us as well, <laughs> right? And happy to, like, I'd love to, like, reconnect in that future whenever that is. And Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out. I appreciate it. So I will, um, I'll put your, the links and that in the show notes. And so for people to know who, we didn't say what platform it was. It's Netflix. Sorry, we didn't say that at one sure. point. It's, yep. it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. She did that is streaming on Netflix in the US, in um, parts of Africa, in Australia, in the UK, um, Canada, and I think I'm missing something else. It's also available on Amazon Video. It is available if if someone is interested in getting um, the DVD or Blu-ray. It is on Target.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Oh, it's also available on Vimeo and YouTube. And I think I'm missing something, but I think that covers a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. So basically... It's available most places where we're streaming, um, you know, streaming our content right, now. So, right. and and if anyone wants to learn more about the film, um, you know, maybe some uh, behind the scenes information about the women in it, they can visit shedidthatfilm.com. And then, of course, follow us on Instagram at she did that film for, you know, just daily updates on what the women are up to, you know, just the different things happening with the film and developments, because this is this is a movement. And, yeah. and I appreciate you inviting me on to talk about it. It's I'm one of, um, you know, any way that I could support this movement is I will. So those those links will be, be in the show notes as well. So people can click the links to get to the sites the relevant sites but absolutely if you haven't seen it to, to absolutely see it and sit down with it with your daughters with your sons as well um with your with your with your peeps and um and then learn those lessons in there and then see what we can replicate so i honor you for your work deep appreciation for all of that and i look forward to us connecting again in, yeah, in the sure. near future that'd be awesome 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 
I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. I have been an entrepreneur for 22 years in the UK or 23. It might be 24 um, in the UK and, um, and then here in the US. And I know the challenges that um, I have faced. I see the challenges that women that I meet along the way, black women that I meet along the way has faced and continue to face as we, as we build our businesses out, whatever that business is. What I do know is that I have, my financial freedom has come as a result of my entrepreneurship and the track that I was on before I became an entrepreneur would not have produced for me what I've managed to accomplish. I know that for that's facts because I was certainly at that point before I left um, committed to social justice work and committed to um, uh, you know making a difference and I decided that I want to make a difference but I also want to get paid and I didn't I didn't believe that making a difference had to equate to the level of self-sacrifice that we demand of black communities and people who who do that work and so I really appreciate the work that Renee has been doing to shine a light on black entrepreneurs, to show that women who are everyday women like you and I can achieve so much and the challenges that they face can be overcome to fulfill their purpose and to fill, fulfill their dreams. So thank you, Renee, for like really opening that up, that world up to so many people so those women can be seen. And I know that they represent thousands and thousands of hidden figures because we know that black women entrepreneurs are the fastest growing number of entrepreneurs and but receive the lowest amount as we talked about investments and um, and that and that that lowest amount of investment represents like a fraction of the range of challenges that black women face when they are starting their businesses. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Renee. And I look forward to us connecting again. I'm wondering what you got from the She's Got Drive episode. So please head over to, um, you know, my page, my pages and let me know what you got from the show. Um, you can, don't forget to uh, like get in contact with me and, um, and don't forget to click the link to, for the giveaway, the gratitude journal giveaway. If you uh, want to join the She's Got Drive Facebook page um, community, then do that and leave a comment there. It's another place. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Go well and stay well. <laughs>